West Victoria, not far over the border really, including some of my relatives in my hometown of Cobden uh, was under threat. Um, the, uh, the, the, the south coast of New South Wales also copped it with more than 80-odd uh, houses are destroyed over there. We really dodged a bullet as the high temperatures and uh, the strong northerly winds forecast for our election day last Saturday didn't eventuate. But uh, we're not out of the woods yet. The fire season is far from over. Brett O'Loughlin, uh, or Brett Lachlan uh, from uh, the uh, uh, CFS uh, is the regional commander of Region Number One, and he joins us now. G'day, Brett. Good afternoon. How are you going? Very well. Uh, we have dodged a bullet so far, haven't we? We've been very, very lucky. We have been very lucky. We've had some significant fire weather days, and this season it is it is very dry. It's been uh, in some places in the hills. It's been over a hundred days now since meaningful rainfall. So yeah, it's a very, very dry season. Now, people who don't don't have a thorough understanding will probably think, "Oh, look, the weather's cooled down. We had a bit of rain overnight, and so forth. A bit of storm came through. Everything's all okay." That's far from the truth, isn't it? It unfortunately years. I, I wish it was the case, but we still have a lot of fire season to get through. Um, we have at least another month um, worth of fire danger season, and uh, with how dry it is, it will simply take one bad day, one hot day with a bit of wind, and uh, we could have very interesting fire behaviour. And that's exactly what happened in Western Victoria last weekend, as I said. Um, and that started, uh, the one that threatened my hometown of, of Cobden, where I grew up, uh, and a couple of rallies, they lost everything uh, through there. Um, it started simply with a, a lightning strike at a power substation, a little town called Terang, and it went from there. And I, I watched the video, and I tell you what, it was going like the clappers. It's a very aggressive fire, that. It was uh, being influenced by very strong winds, mm. um, and those were the same winds that we saw sweep through South Australia during Election Day. Um, and particularly overnight, we, we saw winds, you know, that were uh, 70 gusts, 90, um, even even stronger in some parts. We actually had uh, in the Fleury Peninsula several fires start by lightning. Um, in a small cluster, and those fires certainly had the potential to uh, to spread and be uh, be quite damaging. But fortunately, we were able to uh, to get hold of them before that was able mm-hmm. to occur. That's one of the things too, isn't it? We've got to we've got to applaud you guys. Uh, the fact that you have been standing by um, uh, every moment, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week over this season. How many aircraft you've got on standby around the place? We have dozens at strategic yeah. locations around yeah. the state, um, supported by uh, volunteers who drop everything to go out and mm. reload those aircraft and uh, keep them flying. Um, in my region alone, I'm, I'm in charge of 84 fire brigades with 3,200 of the finest volunteers you could ever find. Um, and the work they're doing is nothing short of incredible. I've noticed just over the years, your response time seems, you're jumping on fires, outbreaks faster and faster almost every time. We are we are very fortunate. And I think that's part two. The uh, the public works with us a lot better mm. now. They're reporting fires a lot more uh, quickly and then then we're able to get better information than probably we did, uh, you know, in years gone by. So, yeah, we are very fortunate that a quick response is able to contain a lot of fires. But there will come those those days where, where the winds are so strong and it is so hot and dry mm. that despite our best efforts, we won't be able to... To, uh, to stop the fire. We're talking to Brett uh, Lachlan. He's uh, the regional uh, commander of... Uh, Region 1 commander uh, for the CFS. Region 1, what area are we talking about? So I'm very fortunate. I'm in charge of the Adelaide Hills, uh, the Fleury Peninsula oh, lucky and man. Kangaroo Island. Yes, oh. all, the, uh, all the lovely places. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. Crikey. You, you, what, you, you didn't hide quick enough when they, when they asked <laughs> for It was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Last man standing. Um, so one of the problems I would imagine you suffer is... Uh, people living in the the suburbs 
not realising they can be under threat just as much as anyone else. Very much so. And uh, we've put a bit of effort into our advertising campaign this year about people knowing their risk and understanding that just because you live in a, a suburb of Adelaide, that particularly if you're in some of the suburbs like Mitcham and, and mm. places like that, you are you know right up against the hill face and you're very much in, in the danger zone. And we actually saw that sort of... Uh, really come to light from the fires in California um, late last year where where they saw um, suburbs very similar to what we yep. have around Adelaide, heavily impacted by fire, substantial property loss, and yeah, it really does highlight that risk. Mm. Now, one of the other things about that uh, the, the fire last weekend in uh, New South Wales, in the, the little township in southern New South Wales, you saw the aerials, you know, and it's, and it's tragic. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Having been, you know, part of Ash Wednesday, I covered Ash Wednesday, and there's nothing more heartbreaking than walking into a town that's just been wiped off the face of the earth. Three houses in a row wiped out. One still standing untouched. Another one wiped out, another one untouched. It is so ad hoc, isn't it? It really can be. And, um, you know, that's why we urge people to do some property preparation. Yeah, so because... that was my question. How do I try to get myself onto the list that I'm going to survive this? Definitely. So um, we know that the, a lot of the properties were lost in Tathra, which was a little township, uh, by ember attack. And we know that waves mm. of embers came in uh, by that strong wind and just set the properties on fire. So we're looking for... Uh, Properties that are more likely to survive are ones that have been uh, well built, well prepared for the fire season, so not having leaves in the gutters, not having your winter wood pile still up aside your yeah, house, you know, yeah, in uh, yeah. in winter uh, in summer, and um, you know, having a bushfire survival plan so that you know what you'll do, where you'll go, what you'll take, um, and these plans also having them what what steps you can take to really prepare your property to give yourself the best chance. Unfortunately, we know that that. You know, no matter what you do, sometimes it, it may not be enough. But, you know, if it was my house, I'd certainly like to know that I had done everything possible. You, do you shudder when you drive around some of the uh, some of the back roads up around the hills particularly? I mean, I, I know I do. You know, up around Crafers and Stirling and so forth, I absolutely tremble with fear when I look at how close the trees are hanging over the... I mean, if a fire went through there, you wouldn't have a hope in hell. It, it is a bit disappointing at times and, um, you know, despite our best efforts and despite, you know, the recent fire history around this country so that it is a it is a well-known well risk, I think, um, people still don't necessarily do the steps that we would like them to mm. undertake. But, you know, then again, many people live in the hills and live in these environments for, for reasons mm. and as long as they accept that that the uh, the risk that they're putting themselves at, then I think that's you know that's ultimately fine. Do you think part of that problem is uh, the fact that uh, the last big one we had through there was Ash Wednesday? God forbid that we ever have a repeat of that. But uh, it was 1983. Awful lot of people up there probably weren't even around. That is a challenge trying to get people to understand yeah. that just because there hasn't been a big fire for so long that, that they're still in an area where that's very much a risk. Um, and that is that is something that we, we regularly try to promote and communicate to communities through our uh, community engagement activities, the bushfire-ready communities that we, we do. Um, you know, we are trying to get people to understand that, that there is a risk to the hills um, and that they do need to undertake those those property preparation measures. We'll, uh, we'll go through the steps of uh, putting together a bush bushfire plan in the moment because I suspect there's a lot of people out there still haven't got a plan. I suspect you're probably right, <laughs> and, it, and it isn't as daunting as it might sound. Yeah. What... Um uh, you, you mentioned that we've got uh, the Adelaide Hills, for example, uh, end of April. So we've got a whole month yet of, of danger season up there. Correct. Um, so we've got in uh, for other parts of the state, the northeast pastoral and northwest pastoral. Their season will actually end at the end of this month. So that's uh, fortunate for for them. On the fifteenth of April, the season will end for the eastern air peninsula, the Flinders, the lower air peninsula, 
the Murraylands, the Riverlands and the Upper South East and the West Coast for the rest of the state. So that's uh, the Adelaide Metro, Kangaroo Island, Lower South East, Mid-North, uh, Mount Lofty Ranges and York Peninsula. That'll be the, the end of April. So there's still, like mm. you said, a lot of fire mm. danger season to get through. And the fact that we've had such an incredibly dry uh, January, February means that it's uh, you know that fuel fuel load a is is, is heavy b it's incredibly it's ready dry to go. It yeah. is. and yeah. uh, like i said it will just take that one hot windy day um and we could see you know fires do some disastrous things so mm. that's always our concern and will remain concerned until we see good rainfall um around the area yeah, and that's not being forecast anytime soon either. Uh, we're talking to Brett Lachlan, uh, who is with the CFS. Uh, he's the commander of Region 1. Lucky him. Uh, if you've got any thoughts or any questions uh, for Brett, give us a call, 8223 The message is the bushfire season is far from over. So uh, uh, we'll be happy to uh, give you some advice if you want to call us, 8223 13 minutes away from uh, 1 o'clock, or oh, for 2 o'clock, actually. Uh, 8223 Just notice the clock on the computer here is an hour slow. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Computers, don't you love them? We've got uh, Brett Lachlan here from uh, the CFS telling us uh, a very important message that the bushfire season isn't over. Um, Brett, what we might do is we might run a little package that uh, will, will is a very timely reminder of what things were really like. The last big fire we had, of course, we had Samson Flat, disaster but we also had pinery and uh, it was an absolute um, unbelievably scary situation because the winds were so strong here's uh, how we covered it here on 5AA the fire burning out of control towards the town of Malala. The CFS says it's threatening lives and property. This is a fast-moving fire under catastrophic conditions. We currently have exhausted all available aerial resources. I've never seen smoke approaching our property that high and that big. What if, what if you run away? What if you left the day? We say goodbye to save and some. Fire either side, left and right, as far as the eye could see. Firefighters are being burnt and we are not able to bring it under control. We'll never be able to rebuild it, never. Just take it, it's f***ing it. <laughs> Sorry. And when the lights start flashing like a photo booth And the stars explode, will we fireproof? The fire is engulfing itself towards us at this location. Over. Incredible risking themselves with their equipment and their lives. They're running through the paddocks as we speak. What we went through on the road is worse than coming back to this. It was terrifying. Don't hesitate. Go. What if, what if we start to drive? What if we close our eyes? We're speeding through red lights to paradise. The option to leave and waiting for the smoke to come over the horizon is, is just way too late. Yeah, it's coming cool. this way. Holy Look how quick it's moving. I've got to turn this truck around. And when the lights start flashing like a photo Everything's gone, whole lot, everything. There's not a thing standing. 
when I woke up yesterday morning, there's no way I thought this is what we'd be dealing with today. We've lost a friend. <laughs> but um, we've lost a lot, but it's nothing like a lot being lost. Brett, I've got goosebumps. You, as a firefighter and as a commander of Region 1, uh, that must give you shivers up the spine. It's very powerful, and particularly mm. hearing the, uh, the radio calls from our own people who, uh, who found themselves you know, in compromised situations throughout that day as they gave you know, literally their all to try and put that fire out. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, those conditions and, and days like that, you know, we, we've had one, we will have those days again. Mm. Um, there is very little we can actually do once a fire starts under those conditions. And that was a really good illustration of that, wasn't it? Uh, and, uh, you know, mercif- mercifully, not many lives were lost. There were a couple of lives lost, uh, about, about 80 houses, I think. But it could have been a lot worse because the conditions were unbelievable that day. The wind was so strong. It was absolutely terrible. Um, and we saw, we saw we got well into the catastrophic. So the mm. catastrophic fire danger rating is uh, the old ratings used to go from zero to 100 and anything above 100 was catastrophic and we got well above 100 on mm. that day and it mm. was just an awful day and I was sitting in our command centre in Region 1 and we were obviously sending some help to uh, to the fire at Pinery but also sitting there very nervously hoping that we didn't see a fire start in our part of the world because mm. we were experiencing those same conditions. Mm. And um, like I said, there are those days when the fire service is, is powerless to, to stop a fire like that. Mm. There was nothing that uh, could, could could stop it because the wind was so strong. The um, the other interesting thing is the wind change at the last minute. We could have lost the Barossa Valley. We could have it lost was, the entire valley. That it day. was, uh, And that is often the case for our, our worst fire weather days. We get those hot north-northwesterly winds followed by a, uh, a quite aggressive of south-southwesterly mm. change and eventually once the change goes through we do see conditions moderate but for that period as the change is coming we see very very dangerous fire conditions we see um the flank of the fire turn into the head of the fire um and it is yeah it's a real dangerous situation uh, the one i thought was interesting too going back to last weekend's fire in western victoria that started at terang head down towards cobden if it had have got beyond cobden and into the Tim Byrne region, if, if anyone's familiar with the region, that would have been another Ash Wednesday because it was all bushland down there. It would have went like crikey. Um, the, the fire was really, really active overnight. Now, that's quite unusual, isn't it? It is. We are unfortunately seeing more of it, but um, mm. the age-old adage used to be, you know, worst fire behaviour was during the day, yeah, but yeah. unfortunately that's just not the case anymore. And you are right, those fires in southwest Victoria, there are emergency warnings, evacuation orders, all these sort of uh, sort of messaging going out, you know, at one in the morning. And mm. that's um, that, mm. you know, is just a sign of just how dangerous those fires actually were. So it brings us to the point. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet. We've got at least a month, probably possibly longer. Um, if I haven't got my bushfire survival plan, how do I do it? If I, if I haven't got one, I'm a naughty person because I should have one. <laughs> but what do I do? What, what, it's an easy step, isn't it? It is. It is not that onerous. And the, the best way to do it is to sit down with your family. Um, you can download the plan from, from our website. Um, and it takes only about five minutes to actually actually work out the basics of your bushfire survival plan. The first thing is, are you going to stay and defend under under certain conditions? Um, and you know, is your property prepared? And are you you know fit and able to do that? If not. What are your trigger points for leaving? And, mm. you know, on catastrophic days, on those worst fire danger days, we're asking people to leave that morning before there is actually a fire because, as we heard in that that um, recording there from the Pinery Fire, you know, the, the gentleman said as the smoke came over the horizon, it was far too late, and that mm. is the, the clear message. Um, 
So working out what your triggers are, working out where you're going to go and what you're going to take. We know from research done post the Victorian fires, when people left at the absolute last minute, they didn't take any identification with them. They didn't take scripts with them. They didn't take medication. And in the days afterwards, you know, there were many people who had to go through an onerous process to actually prove they were who they were. Mm. And then to get, you know, visit doctors and where doctor surgeries had burnt down, it was very difficult for them to... Uh, to go, I know I take a tablet a day and I can barely remember what it's called without mm. the scripts. So mm. I would be uh, be lost if I didn't have that sort of thing taken with me. Um, and then, you know, knowing where you're going to go is just so important. Yeah. And on a catastrophic yeah. day, it might be you head down to the beach for the day or you head to uh, into the, the city and you just spend a day away from those high-risk areas. Um, if there's a fire that is at a watch and act level, um, that's the time we're saying, you know, start acting now, mm. start, you know, getting out of the area um, and then knowing where you're going to go and it might be down to family, friends, it might again be down to the city, just somewhere safer. Um, but having that all worked out is very, very important and hopefully the listeners are getting a sense that it's not that hard to do. No, it's not. Just to have a have a list and a little kit together, uh, you know, yep. it, on, on a stinking day and, you know, have a, have a plastic container there with your scripts and your IDs and your passports and, and your family photos and so forth ready to go. Have it by the back door and just grab it as you go. One of the things that terrifies me of the prospect of uh, a fire in um, you know the heartland of your region, the Adelaide Hills, is just how crammed some of the roads will get if people leave it too early. Uh, too, late, too late, Too yes, late to get exactly, out. Um, exactly. There's some narrow roads up there, 25 cars on one road, one tree comes down, you're all buggered. It is, and so that is about knowing your risk. And, you know, if you live in some of these higher-risk areas, it's about, about understanding that risk and knowing what steps you will take to, to mitigate it. And it's like any other risk that you might face with your family. You know, people lock their doors at night because they're afraid of being broken into. We're just asking that people, you know, in planning for a fire event do one of these plans and have a good think about some of those issues you've just raised. Mm. And the website is cfs.sa.gov.au. Uh, go on there. And I've, I've got a long, I've, I live down in the suburbs, but I've got a bushfire plan all uh, already. Um, and uh, it's a no-brainer. It only does take five or six minutes to do, so it's actually quite good. And it gives you a sense of... Uh, a sense of confidence that, uh, you know, it will be okay if, if the, the dreadful day does arrive. Let's hope it doesn't. So it's cfs.sa.gov.au. And, uh, mate, all we can do is um, keep our fingers crossed that, uh, you know, it won't happen, but something tells me it will. It might not be this year. It might be next year. It might be the year after. And that is that is the unfortunate truth. You know, we are well overdue for a significant Ash Wednesday-style fire in the Adelaide Hills, and we're preparing for it, and I urge, urge the listeners to... Uh, to take those steps themselves. Yeah, fantastic. Great advice, uh, Brett. Uh, let's hope uh, that we can get through this season at least. That website again is cfs.sa.gov.au. All the information is there that you need, including uh, setting up your bushfire plan. Good to, good to see you, mate. Pleasure. Thank let's, you very much for your time. Let's hope you have a nice, uh, you know, easy rest of the month. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers uh, crossed. Good on you.